0: MSW Media with swearing. Dear the
1: beans, say beans. Dear the beans, say beans.
0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, February 18th, 2021. Today, Georgia Republicans are trying to change the rules for the Fulton County DA investigation into Trump election interference. Dominion says a lawsuit against Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, is imminent. A Texas mayor resigns after a horrible Facebook post. Three million Texans are still without power or water after over 50 hours. A county chairman of the GOP is asking McConnell to step down over his comments about Trump being responsible for the insurrection. Promotions for female Generals were delayed over fears of Trump's reaction. Rush Limbaugh has died and Trump's Atlantic City Casino has been demolished. I'm A.G.
2: And I'm Dana Goldberg.
0: All right, everybody, if you heard some loud, rumbly, explosive type noises, that's the sound of Trump's Atlantic City Casino being demolished in the wee hours of the morning Wednesday, February 17th so
2: i do have to laugh because if you watch any of the videos posted um that were from the actual site you can hear people cheering and laughing and just like making noisemakers like this was a big celebration in the area it was really funny
0: yeah yeah and if you if you go over to the daily beans pod twitter feed you can see the little video i made uh of the the demolition with the uh audio from the last scene of fight club superimposed <laughs> over it Uh, I wonder how long before that, you know, I have a cease and desist on that. But that's just what I I was reminded of. So um, something else we're going to do today. We have a good show. There's a lot of news to get to. Um, We're going to be speaking with Tom Nelson. He's the author of the book One Day Stronger, How One Union Local Saved a Mill and Changed an Industry and What It Means for American Manufacturing. He's also running against Russia Ron Johnson for Senate in Wisconsin. So we'll be speaking with him a little bit later in the show. And of course... You can join Dana and me tonight, Thursday, and every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Stereo app for an interactive after party. And I just want everyone to know that I have Dana and I in the script.
2: And she corrected herself. She, she's doing self-correction now. It's, it's amusing I it to me, floor. and I hope you're enjoying it and giving her credit where credit is due. You were working very hard. This is a lot of years of brainwashing uh, yeah, that you are I'm breaking trying. right now. So I'm proud I'm of trying.
0: you. Doing my best. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we have a lot of news to get to, and and it's not all the best news today. So uh, buckle up. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes.
2: All
0: right. The lead story today, in my eyes at least, is what's going on in Georgia. As we know, the Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is investigating Donald Trump and Lindsey Graham for alleged election interference based on calls they made to the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. And already Republicans are seeking to muck up the works. Georgia state Republicans introduced a resolution Thursday that seeks to change the Georgia state constitution to mandate the use of a statewide grand jury in prosecutions involving election crimes. The move would force prosecutors to draw more grand jurors from predominantly Republican rural areas of the state. Let me translate that for you. Republicans don't want black people on the grand jury.
2: That sounds about white. Yep, that sounds yeah. about white, Allison, thank you.
0: You're welcome. they don't want any they don't they just want fewer black people on the grand jury that would ultimately decide whether to bring charges against The former guy.
2: As we are now calling calling (laughs) him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anthony Michael Kreese, a law professor at Georgia State specializing in con law, uh, constitutional law and civil rights, says, quote, this is an attack on black political power. If folks engage in election misconduct in Fulton County, then they should face jurors who look like members of the community in Fulton County, subject to the discretion of the decisions by elected officials empowered by Fulton voters. Fulton County is the largest county in Georgia. It's got a population of just over a million people, and it also has the largest number of black residents, approximately 440,000, which accounts for 43.6 percent of the county's total population. By contrast, Georgia as a whole has a black population of 32.6 percent. Quite a difference. But there's some good news here, according to Creese. This measure is unlikely to secure the supermajority requirement for state constitutional amendments and would still require voter ratification. And even if it garnered the requisite number of votes in the General Assembly, there's no way. The voters are going to vote for this.
2: Absolutely not.
0: 25, Georgia Senate Republicans co-sponsored the proposal for the amendment. Georgia's 56-member Senate currently has a Republican majority of 34 to 22. Amending the state's constitution would require a two-thirds vote of the Senate, which would necessitate the vote of at least four Democrats before uh, heading for ratification from voters. But that doesn't make this effort any less racist.
2: No, it's unlikely, but super racist. Super hmm. racist. Yeah. Um, Angie, thank you for that story. We'll see what's going on down there. It's going to fail, but it's, it's still unfortunate that it's happening. That's why state races are so important, everyone. That's why the down-ballot races, we really need to focus on those. This next story comes from the New York Times. It's going to infuri- for infuriate you at first, but I promise you it gets better. This is from last fall. The Pentagon's most senior leaders agreed that two top generals should be promoted to elite four-star commands. Sounds all fair and good, right? For then Defense Secretary Mark Esper and General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the tricky part was that both of the accomplished officers were women. Now, in 2020 America, under President Trump, the two Pentagon leaders feared that any candidates other than white men for jobs mostly held by White men might run into turmoil once their nominations got to the White House. Yeah, no shit. Mr. Esper and General Milley worry that if they even raise their names, General Jacqueline D. Van Ovost of the Air Force and Lieutenant General Laura J. Richardson of the Army... Now, the Trump White House would replace them with their own candidates before leaving office. So, the Pentagon officials agreed on an unusual strategy. They decided they were going to hold back their recommendations until after the November elections, just putting on a strong bet that Biden, uh, if he won... Hina's aides would be more supportive of the Pentagon picks than, of course, Donald, who has feuded with Mr. Esper and has a history of I don't know disparaging women. So they stuck to their Just putting pl- it lightly, I right? Know, That's a very kind God. way of saying that abusing, yeah. We'll go with disparaging for this story. They stuck. So they basically stuck to the plan even after Trump fired Esper, which is kind of amazing that this didn't just all fall apart. So the strategy actually may soon pay off. In the next few weeks, Mr. Esper's successor, Lloyd J. Austin, and General Milley are expected to send the delayed recommendations to the White House, where officials are expected to endorse the nominations and formally submit them to the Senate for approval. So hopefully we will have two very competent and well-accomplished female uh, generals moving up to be four-star elite command
0: speaks volumes that they held back those recommendations until trump was out of the white house i mean
2: what a smart thing to do though and it, it does speak volumes it's unfortunate that to have that had to happen but how wonderful that they had their wits about him that's like no these two women we don't want this to get swept under the rug they will lose their opportunity if we do not do this and they manipulated the system to help support them so good for those guys good for them
0: all right next up We are now over 50 hours into over 3 million Texans trying to survive freezing temperatures without power or water. People are freezing to death. People are dying trying to stay warm in their cars. Um, And and this is all happening as another ice storm is ravaging the state. Yet Tuesday morning, February 16th, the mayor of a place called Colorado City, Texas, uh, Tim Boyd, made this post on Facebook. Content warning here because this is going to piss you off. Quote, no one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other services, owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal with it. Out and think outside of the box to survive and supply water to your family. I'm reading this word for word. It's very poorly written. Sorry. Quote, "Uh, if you were sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy, it's a direct result of your raising. Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Folks, God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is sadly a product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few work and the others will become dependent for handouts. I'm sorry that you have been dealing without electricity and water. Yes, but I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that's capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and mesh them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and look for a hand and quit looking for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own family. Bottom line, don't be a part of the problem, be part of the solution. That was his post.
2: Unfucking believable. Or believable? I mean, maybe it is believable. Texas, this is why you need to vote these people out. I mean, don't don't
0: Republican voters get it yet? Don't they get it? <clears throat> Fossil fuel industry funding these kinds of politicians, tricking you into a climate crisis being a hoax, while lining their pockets and propping up a dying industry at the expense of American lives. And, and and I, and people still don't get it.
2: They also, I mean, the hypocrisy of these representatives saying that California is, Oh, it's gone to shit. They can't run their own country. The fires, you know, do something about it. Why aren't you raking your forest floors? And then mother nature's like, Hey, Texas, hold my beer. And, and they have no leg to stand on. It's infuriating. It is infuriating. Please. If you're in Texas, um, Allison, do you know? I know you've been posting about ways to help on Twitter. So make sure that if you are following Allison on Twitter, that uh, you check out those that she's been putting links and stuff and ways to support people down in Texas. So
0: yeah, and and, and you know, I've offered come stay at my at my home, uh, but people can't drive. People can't leave. They can't leave.
2: Uh, so our thoughts are with you truly, in, in not any sort of a, a fervent manner, but th- uh, sending you thoughts and prayers down in Texas. So, and if there is anything we can do financially whatever let us know um the next one is actually a good news story in all of this muck um this is from my pillow guy mike lindell is the next target of a dominion voting systems lawsuit over his claims about election fraud conspiracy with the lead attorney representing dominion telling the daily beast he expects the file the suit imminently. So alongside Trumpist attorneys Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, Lindell made a series of false allegations that China and others somehow hacked voting machines and swung the 2020 election to Joe Biden. So the suit would make Lindell the third pro-Trump figure sued by Dominion after the company filed a $1.3 billion suit against attorneys Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. Uh, When reached for comment on Tuesday, Lindell was characteristically defiant. He said, and I quote, god he is such a schmuck um that would so make my day because then uh they would have to go into discovery and that would make my job a lot easier it's faster for me to get the, to the evidence and to show the people in the public record the evidence we have about these machines i will not stop until every single person on the planet knows whether you're a democrat or republican what these machines did to us
1: throughout human history we have been dependent on machines to survive Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony.
0: And speaking of Lynn Wood, the Georgia State Bar is going forward with its inquiry into his ridiculous ass. We'll keep you posted on that. Uh, In other headlines, a Kentucky County chairman is calling for the resignation of Mitch McConnell over his Senate floor speech, calling Trump wholly responsible for the attack on the Capitol. Dan Thrasher, uh, the chair of the Nelson County GOP, issued the following statement. Quote, Given that the county party that I represent supports President Trump overwhelmingly and your complete and total disdain for the will of your constituents here in Nelson County, I'm formally demanding you immediately resign your leadership position within our party's caucus in the United States Senate.
2: I just, A.G., I cannot stop laughing about all these conservatives bitching about cancel culture, and Mm -hmm. they are literally the ones trying to cancel (laughs) everyone in their own party. I don't think they know how cancel culture works.
0: No, they don't know what they're talking about. It's all projection and gaslighting. And that's, you know, it's it's especially what's going on down in Texas. Governor Abbott you know, blaming the the Green New Deal and wind turbines and
2: it's uh, it's it's literally insanity. Yeah. It's gaslighting to the highest degree.
0: Yeah. And Krista Johnson, you know, from Third Rock from the Sun and Mom, I love her. I follow her on Twitter. She says, gosh, if 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 only gaslighting could heat homes.
2: Oh, my God. That's really funny.
0: You know, like just absolutely, just totally unbelievable. I I hope uh, to God that everyone in Texas is okay. I'm just so worried for our, you know, we have so many friends down there. We have listeners that are down there that, 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 you know, they're posting like I'm, I'm sending this post with my last bit of dying phone battery. You know, it's just, it's devastating and it's scary and it's horrible and they're stuck. And I, and I, again, if there's any way we can help, let us know. Um, Here's some news. Conservative media propagandist Rush Limbaugh has lost his battle with cancer and died Wednesday at the age of 70. His wife made the announcement on his radio show.
1: And that's all I have to say about that. All
0: right. We'll be right back with the author of One Day Stronger. Uh, He's also running against Ron Johnson for Senate in 2022. His name is Tom Nelson. So stay with us.
1: After these messages, we'll be right back.
0: Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Monk Pack, and they have cracked the code when it comes to making snacks that taste amazing and are also healthy. Uh, I'm always on the lookout for truly delicious healthy snacks. Usually the healthier they are the worse they taste though That's they don't often fill you up they certainly don't satisfy your cravings but that is why I'm so glad I found Monk Pack. Monk Pack. Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain less than one gram of sugar only two to three grams of net carbs and they're only 150 calories so they're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle they're the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing awesomeness and the Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have the perfect balance of sweet and salty and a crunch from whole nuts and seeds, but manage to stay soft and chewy, so they hit the spot. They come in delicious flavors like pecan almond, sea salt dark chocolate, and peanut butter dark chocolate. My favorite flavor right now is the peanut butter dark chocolate. It's so good. And since they're packed with protein, they're filling and satisfying. Uh, It's a perfect snack to indulge your sweet tooth without the guilt. Uh, In addition to being keto-friendly, they're gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO. They have no soy or trans fats or sugar alcohols, no artificial colors, none of that. So enjoy Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars. You can do it while working. Take it on a run with you. It's so good. Try it for yourself and you'll see. We have a special deal for listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com and entering our code DAILYBEANS at checkout. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M U N K P A C K.com. Select any product, then enter code DailyBeans at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, good food you can count on. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, my guest is author of the book, One Day Stronger, How One Union Local Saved a Mill and Changed the Industry, and What It Means for American Manufacturing. He's also running against Ron Johnson for Senate in 2022. Please welcome Tom Nelson.
1: Great to be on. Wonderful. I'm excited about this.
0: I'm really happy to talk to you today because there's so much going on um, with your past and your career, the stories that you have, um, sort of what you've built and how you're going to be moving forward with your Senate candidacy. And I wanted to open up and start talking a little bit about, about you and your career and what sort of led you to where you are.
1: Okay. Well, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in, in Little Chute, Wisconsin, on Carolyn Drive, where seemingly every parent uh, worked at a mill. And it was at one of those mills that I spent a summer hauling pulp, pulp, and it was at one of those mills that as county executive I helped save. And growing up, I worked on my farm, on on my uh, on my uncle's dairy farm, and I also bust tables at the local supper club and you look at ron johnson and here is someone who represents all that is wrong with washington dc you have someone who is obsessed with conspiracy theories and ignoring a major economic crisis back home he is someone who did not make his wealth and has voted for tax breaks that has enriched himself at the expense of everyone else. I wanna go to Washington with one simple objective. That is to make the economy work for everyone, not just Ron Johnson, the very, very wealthy um, folks on Wall Street, but for the working families on Carolyn Drive and Chute, the family farmers in Clayton and Clear Lake, Wisconsin, and small businesses up and down Main Streets, not just in Lillichute, but across the state and the country.
0: And you're also a county executive. I was hoping you could talk about your accomplishments in that position.
1: Well, I think you start with um, people asking me about, you know, one of the top issues in this race is going to be who can beat Ron Johnson. It's the same questions that were asked during the presidential primary two years ago, which is who can beat Donald Trump? And what I like to tell folks is I'm from a red county where I've won election, re-election as county executive three times, population here is about 180,000, and before that I was in the state assembly also for three terms where I won election and re-election three times, and if I can win election in a pretty tough area like this, I can win statewide. And I've done both. I've been a legislator, I've been a legislative leader, serving as majority leader for one term, and then also the county executive that I help uh, lead 23 departments covering everything from an international airport to a single stream recycling operation, one of the largest in the state, and then also doing some very important reforms through our criminal justice treatment services, a department that I'm proud to say that I helped build. And we've got a great, terrific staff, and we've done some really incredibly important things.
0: Now, so Pastor's Kid, Dairy Farm, Miller— uh, Red Red County, how how did your politics develop growing up? I mean, how, what was your family? Were they Republicans? Um, how did you? Because you're a fairly progressive. Uh, candidate, a union, right?
1: Well, I think it comes down to, I mean, this is like the old school term of like kitchen table politics. And so I grew up um, a pastor's kid, and I have very early memories of being in the front row listening to my dad preach the gospel, but then coming back home at lunchtime and dinnertime having him preach the politics. Now, I grew up during Ronald Reagan, and I mean, it seemed every single day, every single dinner was Reagan to this, this is right, and this is wrong, and just really mm-hmm. drilled into me a clear contrast of things that we can do to help people and things that do not help people. I also remember very clearly, even though I was five or six years old, walking with with my dad door to door as he started his church. It was a mission church, and so he began just like you begin Any campaign, which is you start reaching out to people, you start knocking on doors, you start talking, you know, know, one phone call after another. So not only did I learn at a young age how to serve the the importance of serving your neighbor, but also how to do it in the right way to do it. So it's that combination sitting in the front row at church, hearing the gospel and then sitting at the kitchen table and the dinner in the dining room table, hearing uh, my dad preach the politics of the day.
0: Yeah, I can really relate to this. And I know a lot of other Americans can. I was born very small town in the Midwest. My parents' dad was steel mill. Mom was county clerk. I remember uh, they were Reagan Republicans, but I remember my my mom dragging me to the polls and talking about the importance of voting and and the importance of being engaged in the political process. And. I you know I w- went to Catholic schools so there was that aspect of it too but it seemed and it, you know I I've, I've talked to my parents about this quite extensively that over the years over the decades since the early 80s mid 70s early 80s the Republican party has drifted away from being the party of the people being try you know at least saying they they cared about unions and workers and steel mills and manufacturing etc And as they drifted away, so did our family from their sort of – well, they didn't move, right? The party moved away from them. And I think that a lot of Americans are facing that right now as the Republican Party moves away from their values, leaving them sort of adrift and wondering what to do. And I think that that's why your candidacy here is so important, especially against someone like Ron Johnson.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a clear contrast. And and I think growing up too, I mean, there certainly were a lot of Reagan Democrats, but you're exactly right. I mean, there was a time when the Republican party on a lot of issues were probably progressive. Um, but I had my, you know, I really got into, I mean, I started really, really paying attention. I mean, I guess I wasn't normal. I started paying attention to this when I was in first and second grade. But again, the reason why I did was the influence that, that my dad and my mom had on me. And it was at that point, as you mentioned before, that you really started this, uh, this, uh, The version of a Republican Party that was in the mainstream. You look at even Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, and then you had Ronald Reagan. Like, whoa, we're going off the deep end, and it has only gotten worse. He went from Ronald Reagan, things that he did to the economy, to George Bush, to George W., and now Donald Trump, or formerly Don. You know, you know, recently Donald Trump. So you can see this downward slide beginning in around 1980 it's been 40 years ago and the republicans continue to go in that direction and now we're at the point where if you are a working family and you look at what the democratic party has to offer and what the republican party has to offer there's absolutely no comparison and quite frankly the republican party did to themselves that is why the democratic party and that is why progressives have this incredible moment i mean once in a two or three generation moment to actually you know to advance a to advance to an and, and agenda of real progressive change. I'm a big champion of Medicare for all. We finally have an opportunity, first time since since the mid-1960s when we had Medicare and during the Great Society, that we can go the distance, we can have Medicare for all. I want to go to Washington not just to cover millions more Americans, not to have health insurance, but I want to cover everyone. This also is a very personal experience to me because my wife is recovering from breast cancer and she got it when she was 34 years old. Before that, my mother also had breast cancer and she struggled for, for, 11, for, for 11 years and ultimately succumbed to it. But in both cases, they were fortunate because they had health insurance. Think about this, over 30 million Americans right now do not have health insurance. I think it is fundamentally unfair, I think it's wrong that the most wealthiest country in the entire, in the entire world does not have a healthcare system that covers everyone. That's why I want to change.
0: Yeah. And that's so very important, uh, especially in a state like Wisconsin. Um, uh, You know, just there's so it's just such a diverse state, right? There's so many rural parts where people just don't have access, fast access to quality health care. And that is just such a huge I know that's a huge issue for Wisconsin voters. And it has been for a while now. And I think it's, you know, what's interesting about uh, a lot, there's just a huge group of Americans right now who, uh, my mom is an example. She holds on to the moniker Republican, but she voted for Obama. And she organized. She's she's in Arizona. She organized uh, Republican women for Kristen Cinema, Republican women for Mark Kelly, uh, Republican women to recall Ducey. Like, and I'm like, you could probably drop that Republican
1: part. Now. <laughs> and, and what did she say about and, that? And she's like, she's well, still holding on.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's just there there are so many Americans that are feeling that right now because the party has left them, and we saw it in 2018. It grew in 2020. And I think it's going to be a major factor in 2022. And normally we see the party that wins the election in the first midterms losing uh, the House or the Senate or both. And I actually think we we have an incredible opportunity to make some gains. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. I do need to squeeze in a quick break. Will you stay with me? Absolutely. All right, everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans, and this segment of the pod is brought to you by Caliper CBD. 2020 was hard. And if it taught us anything, that there can be very unexpected stress in life. And we know it's important to practice self-care, but taking care of yourself shouldn't add to your stress. And that's the great thing about CBD. It helps you feel better without having to make drastic changes to your routine. If you haven't tried CBD, I highly recommend it because CBD has helped me feel less anxious and more calm. It's helped me sleep easier. And it even helps me feel sore after long days or hard workouts. And my favorite thing about Caliper CBD specifically is they've, they've introduced a better way to consume CBD. It's an easy to use powder. And unlike oils, Caliper CBD powder powder is completely tasteless. Uh, It's got precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, so you'll never guess how much CBD you're taking. I like to put some in my morning coffee or tea before bed, and it's clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper as compared to tinctures. That's so much more, and Caliper gives you all the benefits in just 15 minutes. That's twice as fast as oils and and tinctures, and Caliper is completely THC-free too, so you get all the benefits of CBD without any intoxicating or mind-altering effects, which is great. Caliper is made with all natural non-GMO ingredients, no fillers or added chemicals. Or artificial flavors. So take care of yourself, but make it easy on yourself with caliper CBD. And get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DailyBeans at trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. You can try caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget promo code Daily Beans for 20% off your first order. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking to Wisconsin Senate candidate for 2022 running against Ron Johnson, Tom Nelson. And Tom, before the break, we were discussing uh, this sort of shift uh, in in our politics. Uh, how how the kind of the I guess the zeitgeist is moving to more progressiveness uh, while everyone is, is sort of standing still and, and wondering where they where they should go. And I was hoping you could address a little bit about specifically the families in Wisconsin and what they're facing. We talked about Medicare for all and healthcare, but there are other things going on in manufacturing, jobs, green energy. Talk a little bit more about your platform uh, for how you're going to address the needs of these seemingly abandoned by the their party Wisconsinites.
1: And Allison, that's a really good good point because our focus has um, been diverted from, from a lot of those bread and butter issues that are still here. It's been diverted diverted because of COVID. And there's been zero leadership coming from Washington, you know, everything from Donald Trump to people like Ron Johnson, who has made things worse. Here in Wisconsin, you have a governor, Governor Evers, a Democrat who has done a lot of good work trying to do something about trying to keep his constituents, the people of Wisconsin safe and healthy. But you have a Republican legislature that has fought him at every turn. So all this falls down to the local level. So as a county executive and as mayors across the state we are the ones who've been on the front line fighting COVID, and i always like to say that look as a local official if you can take on a pandemic you can take on really anything and so i think this year you have an election where not only do we have an opportunity to elect progressives And advance important reforms, but it's tailor-made to have a local official because we are the ones who've been on the front line dealing with COVID when there's been zero leadership from Washington, people like Ron Johns who have made things worse, and obstructionist Republicans here in Wisconsin who have also made things doubly worse. So you have all of that. Our focus has been diverted. We continue to have these challenges. Wisconsin is the number two or number three manufacturing state in the country. We go back and forth with with, um, Indiana, South Carolina, I think know, know, from time to time too. And so we have a lot of concerns that manufacturing has faced around the country. And that's also the reason why I wrote my book. And that's also the reason why I have part of that title that's about as long as chapter one about what this means for American manufacturing. One thing that this country does not have, and we have suffered so much, we're the only industrialized country, not only are we not the only industrialized country not to have a a healthcare system that covers everyone, we also do not have a national industrial strategy. By not having a national industrial strategy, we, in the 1980s, we were the victims of unfair trade deals that countries at the time, like West Germany and Japan, took full advantage and just crushed the manufacturing sector. So I think what we need right now, it's long past time to have a national industrial strategy, something that I would be excited, tickled to work with Sherrod Brown, who if there's one US center that I would pattern my service after, and there's all sorts of great servants there, would be Sherrod Brown. Now is the opportunity to put together a national industrial strategy that uh, under one umbrella covers everything from trade policy. To tax reform, uh, research development, targeting industries, identifying industries, industries that are national security industries. Here is a really good example. There have been, you know, there have been certain products that we have not either been able to get you know, during, during COVID, or, you know, um, where we are taking, you know, some, you know, you know hard look at why we need to, you know, re, you know, we need to bring back some of these industries. And I think one of them that should be part of that, and not just saying it because I'm from Wisconsin, why I've written extensively on this, is the paper industry. I mean, think basic things. All right. In the early in the early days of COVID, you would go to any grocery store and every grocery store from, you know, from Massachusetts, from Boston to San Diego, the aisle right. The paper towel, the toilet paper aisle was just completely totaled. And it's those types of industries that we kind of take for granted. I'm not saying those those particular products, but that is a really good example of why we need to invest in all kinds of industries. We haven't done that. We have suffered immensely. And I think it's about time we change that.
0: Yeah. And it would do so much um, for for Wisconsinites. Uh, and I also wanted to ask you. You had brought up earlier in in uh, the uh, before we took the break. There, you talked about working for the county and your you know sort of overseeing criminal justice reform. And I was wondering how you see yourself. Taking your experience over, you know, with that oversight and moving it into criminal justice reform as a senator and where you see that taking you, because that I think that that experience is tremendously important.
1: The nice thing about, I think, uh, my candidacy that's going to be unique, that regardless of what the issue is going to be, from the economic, racial justice, whatever it might be, I'll be able to point to a specific, a concrete example of how I was able to make a change, not just what is your position on X, Y, and Z. And a good example are what we can do in the area of criminal justice reform. And a lot of the funding that we received came from the state and federal government. And so if you're a U.S. senator and you're trying to allocate dollars, you're trying to figure out what kind of programs work, I'm the fellow who's going to be able to say, hey, look, giving grants toward mental health, um, mental health courts, grants to veterans courts, these type of programs make real differences, but we don't have the kind of local funding that we need. And so a lot of those programs rely exclusively on, on, on local property taxes. It would make a lot of sense that we get, if not state funding, federal funding, because being able to address these kind of issues, doesn't just affect one county, but affects all of us. So that's a really good example of what I can do um, as far as criminal justice reform. Um, Another thing too, I mean, uh, um, jobs and infrastructure, that will also be um, a very big issue. At my airport, the Appleton International Airport, we generate over 700, almost $700 million of economic activity every single year. The airport supports directly or indirectly 3,000 jobs and these are really good paying jobs we have aerospace gulfstream we have a partnership with a technical college to do public safety training um and then also dealing with issues of climate change we have um, our general aviation facility is a is is a lead platinum net zero facility which means That we generate the energy that we consume, so I mean that's another example. I mean you're going to have to be able to come through, you know, come go to Washington and prove that you can address these issues, that you have a track record. I've been a legislator, so I can point to policies that I promoted, but I can also be pointed being a county executive, where I've taken money from the state or you know local local property tax revenue and made constructive changes or create jobs and add to the economy.
0: Now. Yeah, I have. First of all, I just want to before I ask my next question, I want to comment, I think, 100 percent that voters really appreciate that practical application experience uh, that 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 you have, as opposed to just sort of lofty ideas. I think that that's crucial. Um, I I wanted to ask you about other Democrats that have entered the race. Have any other Democrats thrown their hat in this race?
1: Yes. uh, One just announced today, Alex Lassery, who works for the Bucks, his father, um And a partner bought the box about four or five years ago, so he jumped in earlier this morning,
0: okay. Um, and do uh, what are your thoughts on, on his candidacy? Well, the
1: first thing I did is um, I welcome to to the race. I mean, it's a free country. I think we all, I mean, all Democrats will stand united to do all we can to defeat Ron Johnson. But I asked him um, not to self-fund his race, to not use his personal wealth or his family wealth to self-fund it. And I believe that the voters of this state deserve nothing less. And and also keep in mind that this seat, this specific seat was held by a fellow of the name of Russ Feingold, who among his issues, his signature issue was campaign finance reform. And so I think that we should follow in the rich progressive tradition of Russ Feingold and all of the progressive senators and elected officials and say, I am not going to sell fund. I'm not going to use my personal wealth or my family's wealth to fund my campaign. My campaign is a people-powered race. Um, Just since midnight, we have raised... Uh, money from hundreds of do- from hundreds of donors with an average donation of twenty six dollars a donor. That's the way. That's the way that you should run campaigns, and that is going to be a goal for my campaign uh, from here until Election Day, twenty twenty two.
0: Yeah, grassroots is the is the way. Uh, I I can I concur with that completely. Um, you mentioned your book a little bit ago. Let's let's talk about your book before I let you go because this is an incredible piece. Um, the title, as you said, "One Day Stronger: How One Union Local Saved a Mill and Changed an Industry and What It Means for American Manufacturing." Talk a little bit about what prompted you to write this book and and, and what it means to you.
1: Great question, Allison, and that's, of course, the reason why I wanted to come on today. Um, This goes back to two years ago. I started this project January 2019, and I started that about a year and a half ago um, when we waged uh, the fight to save the appleton Coded Mill in Combined Locks, Wisconsin, and what prompted me to do that is what happened during that fight. It wasn't just that we won and that it was really a remarkable story and a story for which we learned lessons that we applied to other mills and we saved on other mill last fall. But what happened during that fight? We were completely abandoned by former governor. Oh, this sounds so good. Former Governor Scott Walker <laughs> and all the Republican legislators while they were dedicating three committing three billion dollars to the notorious Foxconn debacle, uh, which we said back then, and it's turned out to be a debacle, when they were focused 100% on that, they completely ignored Appleton Coded and three other mills that were in jeopardy of closing down and i tried getting their attention tried getting their support and not just me but the owner managers the community and of course the workers and we were de- we were ignored at every turn and i just thought to myself you know what i can sit around being pissed off and sending out tweets or you know what i can write a book and so, <laughs> and so it kind of started out with let's write a long form essay let's write a white paper on, on the future of the paper industry. And of course, I did I mean, I mean, did a lot of research and then it came time to finding an editor. And I found this guy who used to edit for Norton Publishing. And he looked at it and I, you know, we talked and he said, you know what, you got a story here, let's focus on this. So we focused on talking about the Appleton story, but we also, I mean the Appleton Coded story, but we helped explain how we were able to save that mill because of the rich tradition in the industry, in the paper industry, but also the labor movement in Wisconsin, and specifically here in the Fox Valley. The labor movement helped build the middle class in the Fox Valley. It gave good-paying jobs to my friends on Carolyn Drive, not my friends, but my friends' uh, parents. I mean, my friends' parents was able to put um, a roof off their heads, uh, meals on the table, and giving them a shot at the American Dream. And so we talk about that unique history and how it set us up to ultimately succeed, the lessons that we can take from that, and 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 um you know developing this tripartite model of local government business and labor to save mills like Appleton coded, but more importantly, to make sure that we don't get to that point in the first place. I also talk about, you know, and fortunately, we were able to win the Appleton Coded fight, but there was one fight that we lost nine years earlier, and that was the fight to save the New Page Mill in Kimberley, and I also cover that fight as well, and the theme of that chapter is called The Ghosts of New Page, and so another sweet, victory uh, um, what we savored in saving appleton coded is that we avenged the ghost of new page past where we were not successful where we failed and i said you know what if this happens again i'm gonna work even harder to save that mill we got our chance and we are able to save it and so it made for a pretty good story i'm very proud of it and hope we get a lot of people to buy the book
0: It's an incredible story. I urge everyone to read it. Can you tell everyone where, first of all, where they can find the book? Second of all, where they can support your campaign, donate, and also volunteer? We've got. Uh, a lot of listeners who love to text bank, phone bank, write postcards. Uh, so, so can you tell everyone where they can do those things?
1: Yep, uh, Nelson4wi.com. Nelson4wi.com. F O R. That is the name of the website. We will soon have a link to the book. You can find the um, uh, the book. You you can pre order at all the major um, sites. Um, and, and it'll be released March 9th. And uh, we've already had um, some really good reviews. The Kirkus Review, we got a starred review which only 2% of books receive. So it seems like others besides my campaign and I think it's a good read too.
0: Well, you have an, elect- an excellent track record, winning fights, Thank winning you. battles, Thank whether you. they be a- electoral or a manufacturing union battles. So, and you have all this practical experience. I think it's going to be very important. I want everyone to check out your website. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Everyone, Tom Nelson. Thanks, Allison. No problem. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey everybody, it's AG and this segment of the Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all face challenges and adversities. The important thing is to remember you don't have to face them alone. So if you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from living your best life, I recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides professional counseling to help you navigate life's challenges. And it's not a crisis line and it's not self-help either. It's professional counseling done online securely and they'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist too. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. You know I've had my own challenges dealing with panic attacks and anxiety and I know how important it is. Is to seek help rather than to try to face it alone. And the great thing is, BetterHelp services are available to clients worldwide, so you can log on to your account anytime from anywhere and send a message from your counselor. And you get timely and thoughtful responses. And you can schedule weekly fo- video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches too, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you want to. And that's really really important. Not everyone can do that. They do that for you, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aids available. So visit their website and read some of the testimonials, like this one by BetterHelp user B R who says, Dr. Kim is great. She's encouraging, gentle, and positive, but at the same time, she tells it like it is, and I couldn't be more grateful for her. I came to her at a negative place, and she's helped me improve, and I feel like I'll continue to do so. I would recommend her to many people. So visit BetterHelp.com slash That's BetterHelp, help, H-E-L-P, and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. You can get 10% off your first month by going to BetterHelp.com slash Daily all right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news.
1: Well, we'll on. Good news is on the way.
0: Yeah, we need the good news today with everything that's going on. So I'm excited to get to this. If you have any good news stories or any you know anything you want to send us corrections, um, confessions, uh, disputes you want handled tomorrow in Amy's court, whatever it is. Um, I'm really enjoying, by the way, the, the photos people are sending of their happy places. So please continue to send those as well. Uh, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Um, yeah, it's just... I love these good news stories.
2: I, we are we are running blind this time. We are running blind because we just got them. So if there's yes. any slip-ups, just know <laughs> we have not read through these yet. So your pictures may take us by surprise today.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and we can always continue good news segments, you know, later today at five p.m. Pacific when we do our stereo app thing. So everyone tune into that too. First up from Brucey, no pronouns given. I also have a cat who doesn't meow and who got somewhere he shouldn't have been. A few hours into the day, I realized I'd not seen him and started looking and calling. Later in the afternoon, I started again and determined to check every door in the house. When I opened the closet where the cooking appliances are, he popped out and headed straight to the litter box. <laughs> my, my daughter has, called, uh, has a cat called Mouse, only it's Mouse, M-A-U-S. And I got my first COVID shot last week. Mm-hmm. Good news, since I'm 83 years old and still have a few more years in me. Look at this baby.
2: I hope you have a lot. Oh my God, the baby. What a
0: boy. So,
2: so sweet. Mm. I
0: love tuxedos. It's a, it's a tuxedo cat on his back looking at you like,
2: what's up? So cute. So cute. Yay for your first shot too. I'm... Super mm-hmm. jealous. Stay healthy, please. Stay healthy. And you have a lot, hopefully a lot more years in you. As many as you want, actually. Because otherwise I'll be like, I want you to live to 115. And you're like, I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> all right. Damn you, Dana. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Um, this next one, this next good news story, this is coming from NK in Albuquerque, my home city. What what? what, what? All right. No pronouns given. I spoke to my daughter in Austin this morning and was happy to hear she still has power, along with a group of friends as house guests due to a loss of power at their places. That was very generous. Generous. There's a group of grad students who are pulling their groceries and making do best they can. I'm happy she's safe knowing there are so many in the area enduring really tough conditions. She also let me know about her former landlord who operates a restaurant in Austin. They've been cooking up gumbo and serving it up those to those in need of a hot meal for the past couple of days. To, oh God, good people. Today's post indicates they fed just under 300 people. Into, I wish I knew the restaurant. Uh, in two hours, in these difficult times, it's nice to have reminders that there are more good people than bad out there. As my pet tax, here's a photo of Tootsie, my mom's dog that now lives with us, and Baxter, giving me the stare down, so I'll take them for a walk.
0: Oh my, they are very demanding right now. Is that
2: a Chihuahua-Dachshund mix? It looks
0: like it, yeah, right? It yeah. looks like a Doxy-Wawa. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I don't know if that's what they call them, but that's what I'm going to call it. Or a chihuahua I, I don't know. <laughs> I like Doxy Wawa. I like it
2: too. <laughs> oh, the other one's so sweet. They look like they both actually that looks like another mix of interesting mix. Yeah, like a terrier doxy or something. Yeah, or like a terrier pit doxy. I have no idea. <laughs> Super cute. But... This
0: little doxy Wawa is giving you the stink eye so hard. It's adorable. Oh, my
2: God. You should have a little segment that's like, name that breed. And then like, people <laughs> will send in mixed breeds to you, and you have to figure out what they are. Okay. Yeah. Feel free to do that. Send in your picture of your
0: mixed breed, and I'll, I'll come up with a name for it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah. You just title it Mixed Breed Challenge. And uh, we'll we'll get it done. Next up from Mark Allen, pronouns he and him. Wonderful shaming of Jason Miller, ladies. May it continue in perpetuity. One small correction: we pronounce the capital South Dakota with one syllable, Pierre. Thank you. Like the verb, not the French name. Oh, not Pierre. Thanks, Mark (laughs)
2: Allen. He's like, and my name's pronounced Mark Allen, not just Mark. Okay, thanks, Mark Allen. (laughs)
0: You always brighten my workday mornings, especially now that my home space is also my perpetual workspace. Thanks so much for your incredible research, sense of humor, and wonderful nicknames for all these jokers. You are the best. Thank you, Mark Allen.
2: Thank you, Mark Allen. All right, this next one comes from Abby, Pronoun she and her. Hi, beans gals, love your show and have been a listener since the good old simple days of the Mueller report. Just a bit of side note for Mary Trump. She mentioned on February 15th show about how nervous she is regarding the Dems holding on to the Senate majority, especially when Senator, Leahy was ill. So just want to note, as a very proud Vermonter, that Vermont is truly an independent state. In fact, our last senator prior to Bernie and Leahy was a Republican, and our current governor is a Republican. But the governor did say that he would abide by Vermont tradition of appointing an interim senator from the same party as the outgoing senator. Sorry if this doesn't make folks feel any better. Hopefully we'll aggressively push those in swing states to vote blue. We just can't rely on the quote blue states. Thanks. And here's my pod, my pod tax. Evie, my first baby. An Italian greyhound mix rescue. Aww, oh my goodness. Face. Evie is cute. This There's blue healer, Italian greyhound. Or it could be Doxip. But I think it's blue healer.
0: Oh, so cute. God, that
2: chest she beautiful thank you for that um uh and letting us know yeah
0: no mary mary actually said that you know if something happened to Leahy, that she she was pretty certain that the vermont governor would appoint another democrat she did say that um but i I think the 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 larger point of the conversation was that one senator you know just one yeah for sure
2: i also don't trust republicans anymore you know just because it was tradition doesn't mean they're going to uphold it so i but i do hear what you're saying uh for sure
0: uh, next up, from Robbie T, pronouns he and him. Just wanted to make sure my pet tax doesn't get in arrears. I present you with Winston, the former puppy, Lola, the killer parrot, our polar bear, Chloe, and the raccoon, Rhodesian Ridgeback, Peanut. This is the one from yesterday where oh, we did yep. get all the
2: photos. So Okay. Aww. So this parrot, Um, I had a friend uh, who also had a parrot like this, and I don't know if it's the same thing. So, Robbie, you can let me know. Um, Her parrot was completely bald on the stomach because she had an anxiety issue and she would pluck out her own feathers on her chest because those are the ones she could reach. I'm curious if that's what happened to this uh, beautiful parakeet because the entire front chest, the belly, is completely naked.
0: Yeah, what a beautiful parrot, though. Ugh,
2: oh, Beautiful. They're amazing. I love them in African grace. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, thank you for the pod pet pictures. Obviously, they got lost in the shuffle, so we're happy to see them. This next one's from Anonymous Pronouns. Oh, is this my turn? Yeah. You had a little one. Oh, okay. This next one's uh, from Anonymous pronouncing He and him. Good news? A little while back during Amy's court, you were talking about earplugs. It was stated that there really aren't any that are very effective. Well, I found some. I live with a consistent snorer who lives in denial. I tried everything I could to to get her to have it remedied, since as a light sleeper, I was waking up multiple times every night. I had no luck convincing her to fix it, and I was desperate, so I searched online for earplugs. Not the crappy foam ones you usually get on the airplanes, but something that really worked. wanted to share my experience, as I'm sure it can help others in my situation. The earplugs are called Mighty Plugs. They are made of beeswax, so they can actually conform to your ear canal and stay put. Um, I've been using them for a few years now and recommend them to friends all the time when the snoring slash sleep subject comes up. I even use them when I'm sleeping alone so other noises don't wake me up. You can use your pair for a month. Sorry, no pets to share.
0: You don't have to apologize for no pod pet tax. It's not required. If if anyone's not sending in good news stories because you don't have pod pet tax, don't, don't. Yeah. Send it
2: in. I mean, psh, the government doesn't pay their taxes. Why should you? Just, we still want <laughs> to hear your stories. We still want to hear your stories.
0: Next up from Mary, pronoun she and her. My good news for today is that my husband's aunt Francesca and uncle James got their first doses of the COVID-19 vaccine on Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. My husband grew up in Los Angeles and most of his relatives still live in the city of Los Angeles or in Los Angeles County. Also, my friend Amy had surgery earlier this month to have her gallbladder removed. It was a success, and she's now recovering at home with her husband and kids. No pet tax picks today, but maybe I can send some nice landscapes next time. That's awesome, Mary. What a bunch of good news. Perfect.
2: Love it. Love it. Um, this is from G. No pronouns given, but G, who sings to her dogs. So we may know G. Um, confession. I completely forgot to pay my pet tax yesterday. Oh, G sings to her dogs the, the um, beans... The beans uh, ah yes song. yeah yes. confession i completely forgot to pay my pet tax yesterday um, and I was talking about my dogs. Ah, sigh. I really am hardened criminal, aren't I? Very cute. Anyway, here's Maisie, the tiny beagle, eating her food with greens beans and Sheba in her usual position, guarding the house from squirrels, bunnies, and a seemingly never-ending stream of delivery people, although she's learning slowly not to do that. She
0: is eating green beans.
2: Aww. Oh, my goodness. She is. That dog is definitely <gasps> waiting for Look someone at this guard to get it. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful. Beautiful Dude,
0: mess with that dog. What a honey. Um, Thank you for sending in the pet text. I appreciate that. And can please continue to sing food with, with beans. I love it. I it, <laughs> That's just so great. Um, next up from joy, pronoun she and her a few weeks ago, I meant to comment about a sister listeners submission about finding an unknown sibling. What an unexpected joy, the gift of an unknown sibling has been in my life. I didn't know I had a sister until 2017, a year after our mother died I got the ancestry results on my mom's birthday that July. Wow! Puzzle, puzzle pieces I didn't know were missing were suddenly found, and her lifelong questions finally had some answers, and we bonded over our mutual hatred of Donnie. Nice. Thank you to the people who share their stories and making others feel free to join in with theirs. Love you, and can admit the laughter and tears and news have kept me listening all this last year. Thanks for that. I paid up my pet tax with the boxers on the ottoman, That got that got a mention before, but here are two more of the brats that rule our house and our hearts, Tyson and Layla.
2: Oh my goodness. (laughs) That second picture. I love boxers. Oh on the couch. So the
0: boxers on this beautiful orange colored couch. And resting head on the pillow looking at you. And the lips are like spread. You know how when you sit down and your thighs spread out? When dogs rest their chin on a pillow, their lips kind of spread out like that. And it is just the most adorable thing. And she's got the eyebrows up. It's just so cute.
2: And when you do sit down and your thighs don't spread, we can no longer be friends. Thank you very much. If you don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> uh, as i look down at my thighs you know what mm. they're sturdy they are sturdy and strong yes yes and that's
0: the two words i would use to describe mine so <laughs> uh mm-hmm. again if you have anything you want to send us please do it at dailybeanspod.com click on contact and then of course join us later day at 5 p.m pacific time um Dana and I will be on the stereo app it's free to download download it you can do a, a set up a little thing it takes just a minute it's stereo.com allison Gill make sure to follow us and uh, then you know check our Twitter feeds or patreon or your email or facebook the Facebook group wherever you wherever you want to check for it you can check for the link to the show or you can just jump jump on and find us you'll be able to s- search for us and, and find the show it's fun yeah so we'll see you there
2: I'm looking forward to it those are my final thoughts I can't wait to talk to everyone it's a nice unwinding you guys make us laugh so thank you very much for that and I look forward to this afternoon this
0: evening yeah and uh, we'll have Amy on tomorrow so Dana you have a good weekend we'll talk to you later today and everybody please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health I've been A.G. and I've been D.G. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Alison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kunai. Fact checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Rieder and Moxie Design Studios. And our website is DailyBeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans After Party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. And uh, we're here doing our live After Party, Daily Beans After Party is what they're they're calling it, what the kids are calling it these days. It reminds me of, I just watched (laughs) the 30 Rock episode where Liz Lemon was like, Uh, out with Tracy Jordan, and he's like, are you going to the after, 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 after party? And they end up like on somebody's roof. uh, (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, just finished watching that vote the vote to oust marjorie taylor green from her two uh, I, I think i was incorrect i think the last time we were here live i said that she was only i thought she was only on one committee she was on two committees she yeah. was on education and labor and also on the budget committee like education what?
2: education she's on the committee of edgy she was was because she got voted <laughs> off of education yeah, and
0: 11 Republicans voted alongside Democrats to oust her from these seats. Uh, so we're going to see how the backlash of that plays out, because, as you know, McCarthy was like, well, what about Maxine Waters and what about so-and-so? And they get to keep their committee seats like they committed, like they wanted other people to be executed or believed that 9-11 was not real or what. Like, come exactly. on, like, stop Stereo is the app for live social conversations. We want to talk directly with you, the listeners. Ask us questions about news, politics, anything. And you can share your experiences and opinions. And we want to hear it all. So download the new app called Stereo and join us live this week, Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific. Link to our show in the description and join us over on the Stereo app.